And now, more Educate on TalkZone.com. Here's Jonathan Jefferson. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show and our discussion of teaching math. One of the countries whose students routinely outperform students of the USA in math is Singapore. My next guest, Mike Infantino, is president of the educational resource company, ERC. ERC is an experienced sales and curriculum consulting firm. ERC is partnered with industry-leading educational publishers and cutting-edge technology and content providers. ERC serves K-12 public, private, and parochial schools nationwide. Mike, welcome to the show. Jonathan, thanks so much for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. So, so Mike, tell us, what is Singapore math? Well, Singapore math is a term that is, is more of a descriptive term that refers to the primary mathematics series. Uh, it's a textbook series that's used in Singapore. And the term really started to become, I guess, more and more popular in the early 2000s when homeschoolers, private schools, and charters began using the program as its core curriculum. Uh, it was a program that was developed by the Singapore Ministry of Education uh, in the early 80s, and the goal really was to um, improve math attainment. And before this national curriculum was developed by the ministry, uh, Singapore was ranked 26th in the world on the TIMS test. Uh, and the TIMS test is that, that trends in mathematics and science studies test where they test every country in the world uh, for math and science for really for, for proficiency. And once the students in Singapore had time to use the program from first grade and graduated up through right up through 12th grade, uh, Singapore went back to that world stage and uh, propelled to the top on that TIMS test and ranked number one in the world. And that was in 1995. And when this TIMS test is administered every four years, um, again, Singapore is right at the top of that list in terms of top-performing countries. Uh, and this is for fourth grade and eighth grade. And you keep going through, and that wasn't really just a, a fluke deal. Um, you know, you fast forward every four years that they gave this test to 99, to 2003, to 2007, and even on the latest test, which was uh, 2011, uh, Singapore ranked uh, number one. And I think there was one year where they might have slipped uh, down to number two, um, I think they, uh, I think it might have been 2007 when Hong Kong stepped up to number one. But, um, you know, again, this is, um, you know, um, a top performing country consistently for, for, for decades. And um, a lot of this success is attributed to, uh, not only to their national curriculum, this primary mathematics series, but how they approach mathematics, how their series are written, and really the training and the background of the teachers. Okay, now do they start their their students at the same time as students in the USA? No, no, that's an interesting question because they, there's no universal kindergarten uh, or pre-K in Singapore. So all students essentially are starting the program in grade one. And interestingly enough, they are using the program as English language learners. So back in the 60s, Singapore made a decision just to be more of a global competitor to learn all of their content, teach all of their curricula in English. Um, so, you know, basically students started using the program in grade one. 
um, I, I, you would say more the wealthier um, parents and families who have, you know, who might have afforded their students, um, afforded to be able to send their students to kindergarten. They might have had that, you know, they might have started at the same place as a U.S. student, but it's really, you know, they're starting at first grade. Hmm. That's fascinating. Now, is the content that they teach in first grade the same content taught here? It is. It's, it's, it does differ slightly. Um, what we did find was with the, uh, with the uh, implementation of the Common Core, um, there are a lot of uh, similarities. Um, what we do find, though, when you're comparing, let's just say, the, uh, the Singapore curriculum and the U.S. curriculum, the Singapore curriculum is much more rigorous. So when you look at the framework for, let's just say, first grade, kindergarten, second grade, uh, it's, it's a lot more advanced. Uh, they're learning concepts uh, a lot quicker and um, at, at an earlier time than than U.S. students. Um, for instance, uh, the Singapore math textbooks, um, the primary mathematics series, teaches uh, multiplication, let's say, in first grade. And I know, you know, for instance, the Common Core really isn't introducing or really getting into multiplication until third grade. Uh, so that's you know, really one example of how, how rigorous the curriculum is. And they, they, uh, they teach addition and subtraction. Uh, simultaneously in kindergarten. Now, do they have the same number of school days and the same amount of hours per day? Um, it differs slightly. Uh, there is uh, there is a difference in in the, the school hours and the, in the school in the school day and, and in terms of the time of year. But generally, it's very uh, comparable. Um, it's nothing that um, you know they're, they're not going to school you know more hours a day or, or anything like that. Um, it's really, I think, comes down to, you know, the, the, the curriculum and the background of the teachers. Okay. Uh, why do you believe or what does this, the research say as to why their students are able to uh, master the curriculum um, and our students are struggling to master the very same curriculum? Uh, are we are we giving too much work to our students? I mean, what have we identified what that difference is? You know, I think if you spoke to a lot of different experts, and, you know, again, I don't consider myself an expert, but um, in my opinion, I think you, you, a lot of folks would have a lot of different reasons why that is. Um, a lot of it is of how the two different countries approach math. Uh, for instance, when, when you look at a lot of Asian countries, um, you know, just like Singapore, Japan, Korea, uh, Hong Kong, these are all top-performing countries. And when you look at their textbooks and you look at their framework and their curricula, the, a lot of the curricula reads like a focused, coherent story. Um, it almost reads like a, an extended nonfiction story. And um, and then when you take take this uh, framework that that uh, covers less topics and uh, fewer concepts, but what they do is they they approach it and they they cover these concepts in greater depth to ensure mastery. Um, so that that's I think a real big difference. And um, another big difference is the background of the teachers. Uh, a lot of these elementary teachers in these Asian countries, um, specifically Singapore, have to have a strong mathematical background. And, um, you know, of course, we know here you know, a lot of elementary teachers just don't have that, that same background. Uh, they have more of a general, um, you know, early education, uh, early childhood education or elementary education background where, um, you know, there's, there's not one focus on any particular content area. They're, they're more so, um, you know, covering a broad range of different, uh, you know, content areas. So, you know, I think besides the background of the teachers and then when you put into place um, a strong framework, a strong curriculum, um, you know, I think those two um, are, are, I'd say, the two items that I would point to to making the biggest difference. Okay. So when you are trying to uh, 
introduce Singapore math as a, uh, a more, uh, beneficial alternative to schools, you know, what main features of Singapore math do you use in, in, in that presentation and, you know, to, to show that it's different and more beneficial than traditional math programs? I'd say what makes this program different than uh, other traditional math programs, um, number one is uh, the featuring fewer concepts and teaching fewer concepts to greater depth and mastery. Um, the, the term I like to use is um, they get away from that spiraling approach that a lot of U.S. textbooks use. Um, they get away from that mile-wide and an inch-deep approach where a lot of U.S. textbook programs will cover a number of different topics but really just scratch the surface. And you have a lot of students who really just never get to the deep root and, and don't have a deep understanding of what, what the concepts may be and really how to apply them. I think with Singapore math, students not only learn why the math works and how the math works, but they have a deep understanding of exactly why the math works that way, and they should be able to articulate it in different, um, in different situations. Um, the goal really is to become mathematical problem solvers and become, uh, you know, to be able to take these mathematical concepts and apply them to everyday life uh, situations. Um, so what they do is uh, the way that they, they get deep and they, they get a deeper understanding is that they'll spend um, several weeks on the same concept and they'll, they'll experience that math in um, a very, um, you know, let's say a beginner way, uh, an intermediate way, and in a very advanced way where um, it kind of, you know, the math is meant to stop kids in their tracks and really get them thinking. And the kids are taught different strategies to be able to attack the math and think outside the box a little bit. Um, and the, the program really uses a concrete to the pictorial to an abstract approach. And this is nothing new. This really comes from Jerome Bruner, uh, where in the concrete, students are working with manipulatives and using place value disks or methylene cubes or dice. And then they move in towards the pictorial, where the kids learn how to draw pictorial representations of mathematical concepts. And once they've gone through that, those two items, then they start to go into the abstract where they actually learn the algorithm with the numbers and the symbols and they'll actually see five times nine. And um, so the, the program always follows in that sequence. And there's a big focus um, in, in Singapore math on problem solving. Um, it all comes down, you know, in the end to problem solving and being able to look at a word problem, decipher it, pick out the relevant information and, and attack it, you know, attack it um, using these Singapore strategies. And, you know, the, really the key is, you know, teaching to mastery, uh, getting away from that mile wide and inch deep approach. And the curriculum tends not to review concepts, um, you know, because they're, the students are expected to, to learn these concepts to mastery. Okay. Now, are they still teaching using English textbooks? Yes. Yeah. This is uh, this is uh, you know uh, you know happening right today. Okay. So even twenty years ago, or, or back in the early nineties or the eighties, did they actually acquire those textbooks from the United States in order to teach math? No. No. That's a great question. Uh, back the back in the early eighties, um, Sing- the Singapore Ministry of Education designed their own mathematics curriculum, and they designed their own textbooks. And once the um, textbooks went to a revision in the 90s, uh, they started to look at uh, publishing companies to actually take over the publishing rights, you know, to not the publishing rights, but actually start to publish and, um, you, know, um, you know, make it a little more accessible, um, you know, to, to, to the country. 
so they, they partnered up with uh, Marshall Cavendish to actually publish the primary mathematics textbooks. And then throughout the 90s, they, the program went through another revision. Um, so they really just partnered with an American company to uh, provide these textbooks uh, you know, to their country. And then you know, once you fast forward to, let's say, the early 2000s, um, there's a company in the United States called Singapore Math Inc. where they, they acquired the exclusive rights to distribute the Singapore math materials in the United States. So around that time is really when that Singapore math descriptive term started to, to get hold. Uh, they were really just referring to that primary mathematics series that started to show up in homeschooling, um, you know, in homeschoolers, private schools, charter schools, and then a lot of the publics. And that's where you're seeing today, you know, with, you know, the extensive um, research on the program, um, you know, um, you know, basically, you know, the program has a ton of credibility for, for, for quite some time. Um, you know, the program really kind of just started to make a, make a mark for itself. So, uh, so yeah, you know, even today, Marshall Cavendish is still the publisher of the, uh, the program, um, you know, first grade through sixth grade. Okay. And when was the last, uh, international, uh, study or international uh, exam comparing the countries was that in 2012 or was it further back uh, i believe that was 2011 um you know i know that uh the last uh, information i have is uh, in terms of the data i had uh, 2011 with singapore at the top and i believe that this test is going to happen again in 2014 okay now will you be able to extrapolate out the school districts that are using singapore math in the united states and have them measured separately uh, against uh, the international standards, for example, we know that Massachusetts oftentimes, if you were to take them out of the, the batch, they perform pretty competitively against the rest of the world. Whereas when you put Massachusetts back into the batch, it shows the U.S. sinking below, you know, top 20, you know, but it doesn't pull out those areas that are doing great. Is there a way for you to pull out those districts that are doing Singapore math and compare them separately against uh, the Asian countries? There probably is a way, but that, that's something that I haven't been involved in. Um, in doing, yeah, it's, it's something. That, I'm not sure how um, when they when they select the the students who would actually participate in this Tim's testing. I'm not ex- sure exactly how that's done. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that that's a great question to see how U.S. students using the Singapore program how how they would fare um, on the international stage. Okay, well, Mike, at this time we're going to take a short break, but stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after this. And now, more Educate on TalkZone.com. Here's Jonathan Jefferson. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show and our discussion with our guest, Mike Infantino, as we continue to discuss teaching math. Uh, Mike, I had a curious, curious question. Are all of the materials used for Singapore math, are they all you know, books and written materials, or is there some internet-based or software-based uh, materials as well? Uh, there's both. Uh, there's both. There, uh, there's basically, it's a traditional student textbook and workbook format. Uh, there's an A book and a B book. And uh, students work in uh, the A book first semester, and they work in the B book in the second semester. And there's a corresponding workbook that goes along with each textbook where a 
lot of that um, application would happen. And then there's an extra practice piece where the students would take that home. Um, it's written in a, in a very parent-friendly way that extends the learning from that textbook and that, um, and that workbook piece. Um, the way the program is written is um, it, it's designed with a lot of white space on the program. Um, the great thing about the program is it reads just like a story. You'll never see these big paragraphs of directions um, at the top of the page. All of the directions come in these thought bubbles um, from student illustrations. They have these little um, caricatures of, of students in these thought bubbles where they're actually talking to the student. It almost reads like a narrative story. Um, so students basically work through that A book, and um, once they finish that A book in the first semester, they, they would move into that B book. And this is um, this gets away from that you know four pound you know five inch textbook that weighs down you know your your, your child's backpack um, you know when they're when they're coming home so that B book basically sits in the closet um, until they need it on that in that second semester and there also is a digital component called Math Buddies uh, also produced by Marshall Cavendish and that comes uh, that works in two different ways that's something that could work as a teacher resource piece where the teachers have access of, to all the content, grades one through six, where they could pull things up on an interactive uh, whiteboard. Um, they could uh, change uh, denominations and values and um, basically illustrate whole group lessons. And there's an assessment piece where each student could go on and uh, the program will assess the student. Uh, they could go ahead and practice lessons that correlate with the items in the textbook and, um, you know, get extra practice, and, and it'll basically track data, and all of that data is being reported back to the teacher so they could use that data to really plan for instruction going forward. All right, that's great. Now, so Singapore math is strictly uh, up to sixth grade? It's up to sixth grade, and then the series uh, changes names from primary mathematics to discovering mathematics, and um, it takes, you know, just slightly a, a more um, mature approach, I would say. Um, you know, it just takes on a bit of a different look, but just continuing that same Singapore approach, um, you know, through up through through eighth grade and getting, you know, deeper, in, you know, in, into algebra. Okay. okay. Now, your, your company, Educational Resource Company, what programs do they offer for high school math? Uh, for high school math, um, you're right now we're working with a program called uh, LearnerPal. And uh, LearnerPal is basically an online program where students could go in, um, they could select a, a mathematics course. Uh, typically it's regions-based, and students could basically go ahead and practice different content and learn different content that they're going to be facing on uh, in algebra regions. Um, but, you know, in terms of a, of a core curriculum, um, really, Educational Resource Company, we're really working with Singapore Math, you know, right up through grade eight. And, you know, going going forward as a core curriculum, we tend to have more supplemental materials. Okay. Now, how many school districts in the United States are using Singapore Math? That I'm not sure about. Um, I'd have to go back and, you know, look at some of the data. Um, you know, some of the districts, you know, there are quite a few large districts that are using the program, like, for instance, LA Unified. Um, is one of the bigger districts in, in the country that's using the program. That's probably the, the largest scale um, implementation. And then more locally, um, you know, if you want to look at New York, you have the Scarsdale School District that's been using Singapore Math for a number of years, and they're almost looked at as one of the model districts using the program. And, yeah, they have a lot of the data to back it up as well. Um, you know, they're, they're I think, they're the top-performing 
uh, school district in the country for mathematics at this point. Hmm. Now, what type of questions do you do you have posed to you from principals and from teachers when you first present Singapore math? The uh, what we try to do is when we go in and present the program, we try to be very proactive about anticipating some of the questions that do come up. And a lot of the things I, I really like to point out to schools, because a lot of times schools are looking to change their, their math curriculum because the older one just simply isn't working. And a lot of times it might come from, you know, the, um, right after a te- uh, the state test and their scores are down and they want something that's going to get their, uh, their scores back up and they're just simply unhappy with their existing program. It's just not hitting the mark. And you know, I don't care what program we're talking about, whether it's Singapore Math or one of the others out there, there's, there's no silver bullet out there, and there's no one-size-fits-all approach. So I'm very proactive in, in really just making sure that we're on the same page with that and making sure that they know that Singapore Math does take a bit of a different approach. It's different than a lot of the traditional programs where uh, it gets away from that spiraling content. We're teaching fewer concepts. We're teaching to depth. We're teaching to mastery. And I, uh, I, I almost categorize it like doing a bit of triage at the beginning. Uh, once we put this new program into place, um, as with any program, you really need to assess what, where, what's happening, um, you know, once at the start and to figure out exactly what needs to be done to, to start to move forward. Uh, so it's really, you know, a bit of stopping the bleeding, uh, figuring out exactly where the biggest need is and, um, you know, really moving forward from there. And I think one of the cornerstones of any implementation, and I'm very clear in a presentation, is the professional development piece. And, um, you know, we partner with um, you know, a, a specific company that just teaches Singapore math strategies. Uh, it's a company called Smart Training LLC. They're based in Arizona. And these are folks that just eat, breathe, and sleep Singapore math. Uh, a lot of their trainers have been to Singapore. They've met with the Ministry of Education. They've taught Singapore math in the classroom in Singapore, and um, wow. and they've taught this, the, the program, you know, here in the United States. So you know, I always, you know, make sure that districts know that this is not the silver bullet. Uh, it's going to take some time to get there. Um, it's a new program, so I always recommend that a district implements at the early grades, maybe start at K, 1, and 2, and set that bar high in the lower grades, build a very strong foundation, and let the program grow with the students. You know, let the kindergartens, you know, finish a year of Singapore math, then roll it out the next year into grade one. Or let your K and one start using the program, then roll up the program to grade two and just grow the program that way. Um, we always try to involve all of the teachers in the, in the professional development. So let's say if you're doing a K1, K2 implementation, we would recommend that, the, you know, the K3, K4 teachers would be involved in the professional development this way, those grades above the implementation um, could start to layer on the Singapore approach on top of the existing program. So when those second graders using Singapore math graduate into third grade, those teachers kind of know what's coming down the pipeline and have had some experience. And now once they you know, implement that program in grade three, they've had some experiences um, with implementing you know, the program as a supplement and then, you know, the grade one grows into grade two, okay, and kind of just, you know, keep growing the program from there. Okay. Now, is, is the program too recent to do a before and after analysis, or, or has that already been done? A district that, what were their scores prior to Singapore Math, what, what are their scores today? 
is that too recent? Is, is it too recent for those uh, results, or do you have some of those? Um, I don't have any of those at my fingertips. Um, but to answer your question, no, it's it's definitely not too recent. Um, you know, the, the program um, you know really has been in use for for decades, and you know the biggest the biggest um, uh, study that I like to point to is just that Tim study. You know, that internationally benchmarked study, and you know, and again, you know, talking about Singapore Math, putting it side by side with a lot of traditional U.S. programs. It's one of the only internationally benchmarked programs out there. Um, so, yeah, I like to point to that, to that bigger stage, but there are a, a lot of different studies done state by state, district by district. It's a matter of just finding those uh, studies to tap into and just looking at that data, but it's, um, you know, it's out there. I know uh, uh, one that's coming to mind as we're talking about was um, there's um, what's called the American Institute for Research. The, um, the, uh, it's called AIR. And that's made up by a lot of the authors of the Common Core. Um, and, um, you know, those folks have done uh, some research uh, with districts in Massachusetts, uh, Baltimore, I think specifically Montgomery County. And um, there's a paper out there uh, written by Steve, uh, Steve Leanwand, who's, you know, really, um, he was a part of that AIR study. And he wrote an article, I believe it's called What the U.S. Can Learn from Singapore's Math Curriculum. And in what can the what can Singapore learn from the U.S.? So that's something that you know um, you know folks out there could Google and read that paper, and I think it does a, a really nice side by side analysis on what the Singapore uh, curriculum offers compared to what the U.S. Um, curriculum offers. You know, a, as a generality, you know, really kind of just speaks about the strengths and the weaknesses. Excellent, excellent, uh, Mike. You offered us some excellent information. And, and excellent resources to tap into. So I greatly appreciate that. Uh, we have been speaking with Mike Infantino, president of the educational resource company regarding Singapore math. To learn more about the educational resource company, visit their website at educationalresourcecompany.com. Mike, thanks so much for being on our show. Jonathan, thanks so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to Educate with Dr. Jefferson. Tune in next week as we continue to tackle the truth behind schoolhouse doors. 